Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Are you tired of being tracked online? There's a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more, all for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with the push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Bradford Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hits Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradford Show. That's delicious. All right, welcome to the Bradford Show. So I'm looking at the internet because I had nothing else to do all day, every day, uh, here in quarantine, in seclusion, the coronavirus. And I keep seeing baseball being played. I see it being played on the internet. I see it being played on YouTube. I see it being played on Twitter. And it's all coming from South Korea. South Korean KBO professional league inter squad league games were popping up this week. They're going to continue. You're going to see spring training games. Now they're targeting for mid April real live games that matter, baseball games that matter. And it's all happening in South Korea. So with no end in sight in terms of the resolution or the, the beginning of the major league baseball season. And I don't think this is going to happen for a while folks. I mean, just dig in. It just doesn't make any sense to rush this back, whether it's rushing it back because of the coronavirus um, being something that's going to linger for a lot longer than people think, or even once you feel safe, once you even without people in the stands, the, the, the ramp up time is going to take. I wrote a little bit about this today in my column, go back to 1995, how they had about two and a half weeks and it felt rushed. You just can't rush these things. And so all of it together, I think best case scenario for me is you're talking about half a season. People don't want to hear that, but that's just how it is. So with that in mind, we take any baseball we can get. And the baseball we are getting right now is coming from South Korea. And, you know, you know, we knew that the league in South Korea, and obviously we know some of the players from South Korea, but when you see baseball, when you actually see it being played and say, hey, wait a second, guys are out there on the field playing this game and understanding that this can happen. I mean, you go back to how South Korea handled, not to get political, but we're going to get political for a second, how South Korea handled this whole thing, how it handled the coronavirus. I'll read this 
little paragraph from the New York Times. South Korea, in January, the country had four companies making tests. And as of March 9th, it tested 210,000 people. That's the equivalent of testing 2.3 million Americans. As of the same date, fewer than 9,000 Americans had been tested. So we understand South Korea did a great job of isolating the virus, containing it, getting the tests out there. And because of all of that, a one small part of this equation, one small part of the payoff for them has been be able to introduce baseball back into things. And this is an important dynamic. It is. We're seeing that with the NFL free agency. We're seeing that with the NFL draft. We're seeing that with anything. People need the distraction, and it is a big part of the culture for South Korea, getting things back to normal. Same thing is going to happen here whenever that does happen, whenever it happens for the leagues. But South Korea handled it very well. We all know that we're sort of behind the curve when it comes to that. But because they handled it well, you have a situation now playing baseball in South Korea because there hasn't been one single positive test in all of the entire KBO. None of it. None employees, no employees, no players, nothing. That's why they're able to go into those stadiums and actually start playing baseball again. They're able to do that because they've gone through the test and they know. Uh, even I'll give you an example. The day that we taped this, where there was uh, for the for the Latte Giants, and we're going to get to an employee of the Latte Giants in a second, who works in research and development. His name is Sung Min Kim. Great interview, great perspective, and it's obviously our first Bradford show ever, where half of it is done from South Korea. But it's amazing, by the way, that the sound quality is like a million times better doing from South Korea than it is when I did it with Lou Merloni um, from Pompano Beach, Florida. But anyway, so they are able to – they had an incident just, just the other day where one of the players had a fever and they didn't practice. They get them tested. They get them cleared. Boom, boom, boom. There it is. They keep on going because they know everybody else is tested. They know everybody else is cleared. The minute there was any sign of fever at all, then that's why they were just going to take care of it and then move on. And it wasn't spreading. And for the general public, for the people who will ultimately might be going into that stadium, they will also be tested. That's just how they've been able to do things. And that's why they get this ball rolling when it comes to baseball. But as I said, because they've done all these things, it was cool seeing baseball being played. Eddie Romero, the assistant GM for the Red Sox, who I interviewed the other day for the column I, I dropped on Monday, he said, and he, he, he's right there with me. He said, listen, you watching these videos is like for a lot of people in baseball, it's like watching the Super Bowl. You're glued to it. You don't know a, like a lot of the players, but it's baseball. And then you start learning more about it. You start like I interviewed uh, Casey Kelly, former Red Sox first round pick in 2008. He's, he's over there, had a great year last year for the Twins over there. William Cuevas, the guy who pitched for the Red Sox, he's going to be playing over there. Tyler Wilson is another guy. Uh, you obviously have Lindblom, who was signed by the Brewers. And so the, we should start – here's the moral of the story. You should start learning about South Korea baseball because it's all the only baseball we're going to be having for a long time. And that's just how it is. So I felt like this was a good way, this podcast was a good opportunity to introduce people to, A, what baseball's like over there, also how they get to this point where they can actually play baseball, what's the vibe in South Korea, um, and what, what is their prospects going forward. 
they already have a built-in time in the middle of the year where they were supposed to be taking a break for the Olympics. Well, they obviously don't have that because the Olympics are canceled, but they have some flexibility with their schedule. But even with the flexibility in the schedule, it still seems like they're going to start in the middle of April. And that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing. So middle of April, you get, you're going to have real live baseball. And I feel like the best thing to do is actually learn about this league, learn about these players, because this is all we're going to have. And a great person to help introduce us to it all is Sung Min Kim. Like I said, I went to the University of Maryland, um, worked for a bunch of newspapers, I'm sorry, newspapers, websites, fan graphs. He'll talk a little bit about his background, how he actually got the job he's currently in in research and development with the, with the Giants over there. Um, and, and he's just, listen, boots on the ground there. I mean, the, the, guy, the guy is in the middle of it. Guy has been in the middle of it. He's from Seoul originally, and he knows the culture. He knows the baseball. He knows what's going on going back to when everyone had to go home after going to spring training in Australia and then Japan and, and some of them were in Arizona and you know, Florida, but now they're all back and they're all having spring training again. And lo and behold, there's baseball. So I am delivering you your opportunity to get to know the baseball league, which is the only going to be the only option you're going to have when it comes to this great game. And the, the, the person who was going to help us initially help us get to know this thing that we're going to be watching that I implore you to watch because I don't know why I implore you to watch. I, you can watch it or you can't, but I'm going to be watching it. I'm going to try to learn about it. And the, the guy who I'm going to be leaning on a whole bunch is Sung Wing Kim, who is excellent, excellent on this podcast, Brad Foe show live sort of from South Korea. Okay, we're honored to have Sung Min Kim with us all the way. This is a Bradfoe show first, all the way from South Korea. Sung, how are you? Doing good. It is, uh, it's currently 7.26 a.m. on Monday morning. And <laughs> I think it's, uh, I, I believe it's around 6.30 p.m. Sunday, Eastern time in East Coast, where I used to live. <laughs> well, so not only have we, we've set two records, furthest distance that we've ever done this podcast from, and also the earliest in the morning the podcast has ever been done. So congratulations on breaking two, two records in regards to the Bradfoe show. So already we're off to a flying start. But really? one of the reasons, uh, we wanted to talk to you for a few different reasons, Song, and, and um, obviously we're sitting here in the United States with no baseball. And I couldn't help but see on Twitter I couldn't help but seeing on social media, on YouTube and everything else, that now we're finally getting the chance to see baseball being played in South Korea. And you have a unique background. You, you went to the University of Maryland, correct? I did. I graduated in 2015. Okay. Spring 2015. What, what was your major? What was, what was your dream job coming out of there? That's a great question because I was actually a journalism major and a uh, I also had a minor in creative writing, which I barely used since I graduated. But my dream job coming out of college, I honestly wanted to be in baseball media. I wanted to be someone like Ken Rosenthal, or I wanted to be, to be like a beat writer, someone like you know Rob Bradford, oh, for instance. But you were. I mean, you, you wrote for, you ended up writing for quite a few quite a few organizations and 
the athletic, right? Correct. And, and, yes, sir. Um, and what are some of the other ones? Uh, fan graphs, sporting news. Um, I've also like, you know, contrib- contributed to, um, different publications like once like once in a while like um i mean uh vice sports washington post uh the old despin so so you had i mean you you had your dream coming out of as a terp at university of maryland you had your dream and and you were on your way i mean you and you're obviously still on your way to really interesting and great things but talk to me how you ended up or how the transition we're now working for the Latte, Latte Giants, right? Am I saying that right? Latte? Lotte, Latte, Latte. Latte, okay. yeah, okay. that's fine. Mm-hmm. Lotte Giants. You just started there in October working for the team. And uh, talk to me about when you made the move from the United States to South Korea. We're going to get into uh, playing mm-hmm. baseball, what's going on mm-hmm. in South Korea and, and, and the baseball league there. And you know how things have evolved over the last few weeks, over the last few months, and what it's like there. We'll get into all that, but first, I want to hear the story about how you got from uh, aspiring Ken Rosenthal, you know, the guy who went to Maryland. Like, by the way, do you uh, Amiel Sadwe? You know him from uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks. What's his What's his name? Sorry, sorry. Amiel Sadwe, and he was the he was work, used to work for the Red Sox, and now he's. Uh, I think he's the assistant GM. He might have been bumped up to GM because Mike Hazen's the president. But he's he's a terp. He you are the two really? most fa- you are the two most famous terps, other than Mike Schrarin, who I always mess his name up. You know who I'm talking about? Red Sox. Yeah, picture? actually, um, I wrote a, I actually wrote a story, a feature story on Schrarin, um, when I was working for my uh, college newspaper, and um, I still keep in touch, and um, I was um extremely happy to see that. Uh, he made their major leagues last year with the uh, Boston Red Sox, and yeah, um, just watching. I mean, obviously, I was watching all the way from Korea at like 8 a.m., and then he was what he was playing in a major league baseball game in Fenway Park, and it was surreal to see because it just feels like yesterday when I was uh, watching him pitch at the uh, Bob Smith Turtle Stadium at <laughs> in Maryland. Well, he, well, you know what? You know what song? He's saying the same thing about you. He said, it seems like really? yesterday you were, you were just writing about me, and now you're a big shot over in South Korea working for a baseball team there. But how did, you, how did you make that transition? How did that happen where you went from the East Coast of the United States to ending up in South Korea? Um, so uh, last summer, I was in – it was actually in Busan, South Korea. I was there to cover the U18 um, – WBSC um, World Championship Baseball. I mean, it was they basically had some of the world's talented um, under 18 young players um, play there, uh, representing their country. And a lot of a lot of the people, a lot of the players that represented like United States, for example, are, are going to be the top draft picks, or 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 are going to be the uh, top draft picks in this year's uh, 2020 MLB draft. Mm-hmm. And um, I met a lot of. Major League Scouts. I made I made a lot of connections, and among one of them uh, was a a man named uh, Min Kyu Sung. And at the time, he was the Pacific Rim uh, scouting coordinator, director for the Chicago Cubs. And during the tournament, he actually got hired as the new uh, general manager of the Lotte Giants. And 
um, I kind of saw the writing on the wall that he wanted to uh, hire me and bring me into the team to help it out, help them out. And at right after the tournament, um, I interviewed with the team and I got the job. And wow. everything happened. Everything happened in a span of three weeks. And uh, you know, I was living in Seoul at the time, and I had to <laughs> go back to Busan again for interview. And I had to go back one more time to find a new apartment. So it was quite quite restless but eventually i settled in and you know i am here i am right now that's pretty cool where, where are you from originally where did you go to high school i actually um i'm from seoul but um i moved to the united states when i was 11 and at the time i was in connecticut you know what fun fact um i was in connecticut from 2002 to 2004 when the yankee red sox rivalry was at its at its height once again, and it was just really fun following baseball in the area when, like, during the 2003 ALCS, the rivalry in 2004, all that kind of stuff. So, so when so, you're growing up in Seoul, I mean, obviously, was baseball your thing? Was, was baseball, like, you talk about the Red Sox-Yankees rivalry. You know, I grew up in, in the Boston area, and, and I know baseball. That's how my baseball fandom was born. Uh, when you were growing up in Seoul, was baseball your thing? Did you know that this is what you wanted to do? This is what you wanted to write about? Maybe this is what you wanted to work in? Not at all. Um, I, I mean, I liked baseball, but when I was growing up in Korea, um, soccer was the big national craze because people were very, getting very excited about the World Cup taking place in Korea and Japan in 2002. So I actually played a lot of soccer growing up. But I did play in a Little League team, like baseball Little League team on the side. Um, not for long, but um, growing up, I did get a lot of exposure to the major leagues because um, people were watching uh, Chan Channel Park I mean, when he was pitching for the Dodgers. Sure, yeah. So he started pitcher. Like, every time he started, it was a national news. And every time he made a good start, like, it was a, always a good news for this nation. And... When he started, when, when he pitched in the 2001 All-Star game, that was also a huge news. So, you know, that's the kind of stuff that I grew up with. Um, Channel Park and eventually players like Byung-Hyun Kim, former Red Sox. Oh, that's what Kim. I was just going to say. I mean, mm -hmm. you're talking about a guy who, you know, the Red Sox traded for. And, and you know, so obviously we know him. He brief time with the Red Sox and after being with the, with the Diamondbacks. But give me an example of, like, how big these guys are. Like you have the obviously the professional league over there, but when a guy makes the move from mm -hmm. like one of those guys that you just mentioned makes that move to the United States, is it at like is it like you said is it basically enormous news every time they step on the mound every time they play a game because we have nothing to compare that to at all here. You know that's a good point. Um, yes, it's pretty big every time they are in the game, especially. If it's a player who were who formerly played in the KBO, um, because they are more familiar with them than um, players like Jim and Choi or Shin Soo Chu. Like Choi and Chu are still popular in, the, in Korea, but um, guys like Hyun Jin Ryu um, and Kwang Hyun Kim now with the Cardinals, they're much more popular in Korea because they played in the uh, KBO for years, and people are much more familiar with them. But yes. Um, 
uh, pretty much every game, these uh, Korean-born major leaguers are in action. I mean, they play those games nationwide in, in sports channels. And uh, actually, they might be the only games they play uh, right. nationwide. But, um, you know, once it, like, but a lot of the times, I would just be watching uh, Rays games or Rangers games or Dodgers games. Dodgers games are good, but uh, Dodgers games um, on TV, which, I mean, they're really good games. And, but just that... Um, right. Well, okay, so you mentioned the KBO. Obviously, you work for one of the teams now. The first thing is uh, I want to get exactly what your, you talked about, how you got the job and the whirlwind that you had in getting the job and how quick everything was. So now what exactly do you do for the Giants? I work in the research and development team. Um, I mean, obviously, everyone calls it R&D for short. And I have a lot of us. Uh, I work al- alongside a lot of smart people, and like like I'm talking about people who are like masters in math, coding, biomechanics, all the e- economics, all the kind of stuff. Um, I'm not really like I'm not really like that. But what I do is I look at more uh, more. I, I specialize in more of baseball side of things. Like you know, we're talking about uh, Rapsodo, Edgertronic, mm-hmm. uh, looking at new equipment. Um, I mean, and uh, once in a while, I'll just like write a report uh, about specific things in baseball, and it's basically like I'm back in fan graphs. I'm like, I'm based, based, I'm like, I'm. It's basically I'm back in like fan graphs, just writing an analysis article, and I would just uh, write them, and my bosses will read them, and then hopefully they take my words to a big weight, and it gets involved in the uh, decision making process. Well, let me, let, me ask you so, let me ask you something. So obviously, for what you know, working for Fangraphs and, and sort of the analytics side of things, and you mentioned some of the, the methods and technologies that we know of Rapsodo or TrackMan or, or, you know, I'm just throwing out a couple. But where is, where is the KBO? Where, is, uh, the, where are they in regards to your current world compared to what you knew that Major League Baseball was at? That's a that's a, actually a really good question. I'm surprised that not a lot of people have asked me about it um, before you did. Um, uh, KBO, I mean, in its nature, um, KBO is uh, only like a 36 years old, actually like 38 years old by now. So it's a really young league compared to like um, Major League Baseball and MPB, um, the Japanese league. And I mean, too, it's kind of like, I mean, I always, before I joined, even before I joined the team, I thought it would be like kind of hard for the KBO to catch up to the uh, the technology stuff that the major league teams were running. And um, how do I, how do I put this? But um, uh, when I got to the team, they already had some of the like newer technology stuff, which was like a bit of a pleasant surprise. But um, I think um, it's, it's not just the Giants for, for, for the other teams. It's just a matter of knowing how to use it and then learning how to utilize the data. And I think, I believe that we are very much on our way to catching up to what the teams in the major league teams are doing. And I'm, it's a part, a part of my job is to um, constantly research on what the major league teams are doing to make their players better. And hopefully we can implement all that to uh, make our players better as well. Well, you know, it's so, funny you say that because, like, even everyone's trying to catch up, right? I mean, the, how it is was – is this year is dramatically different than last year, and that's dramatically different than the year before. I'll give you an example. The Red Sox, for the first time this spring training, 
they actually bought nine portable TrackMan devices and they recorded every single bullpen starting on day one of spring training. Whereas before mm -hmm. they only had one, it was, you had to go in the stadium, you had to be measured. So that's a small example of how quick this stuff is moving. Um, and I would imagine in your world that you get a pretty, you get a firsthand seat for that anyway, for a, for a pretty interesting league. I, I want to ask you this because, and this is sort of a little bit um, specific, I guess, but I was watching the inner squad game yesterday, inner squad game yesterday. And one of the things that jumped out at me, and maybe it's just because it was inner squad game. I don't know. No shifts, no shifts in the infield. Like, is that typical or is that just because it was a scrimmage and it didn't, you know, it wasn't time to shift? You know, I, I wasn't, uh, what, which, which game, do you know which team? Was I, it? I don't even know. I couldn't uh -huh. I'm, listen, son, this is part of my process that I'm trying All to right. do for the All next right. two weeks. And mm -hmm. I'm trying to learn everything I can about South Korea baseball because that's mm -hmm. all I have. I want to know about the KBO. Okay. So, okay. But, but I guess my, my question to you would be, is, is in terms of how baseball is played mm -hmm. along those lines, is it pretty similar to what we see in the major leagues now? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, regarding the shift thing from the game, um, I mean, teams do shift, especially. I mean, I mean it's – it goes as how major league teams do it. Like if you face a dead, dead pole hitter, you're gonna shift the uh, infield side to the right and shift the outfielders a bit, all that kind of stuff. Um, I guess they were working on. I mean, I'm just speculating this, but I guess they were working on something. They wanted the hitters to emphasize on hitting on their yeah, different sure. directions. Yeah, sure. I mean, again, it's, it's, it's my it's my small sample, and it's probably a mm -hmm. terrible observation on my behalf, but. I just, that's something that jumped oh, out. Um, I would yeah. ask this is, is that the, you know, this is the, this is the question that probably you, a lot of people ask you and a lot of people, you know, who, who watch KBO for the first time is that how would you compare it? So I've, I've seen some players say, well, it's not triple A, it's not quite major leagues, maybe it's somewhere in between. Would that be accurate, you think? So, okay, so the level of play yeah. here. Um, yeah. That's a that's an interesting question for me to think about. It's hard to qualify because the talent in this league is very uh, varied. Because you're gonna, there's definitely like top players here who have talents to be like major league regulars, but also there are like bottom tier talents who might not survive the uh, A ball. Mm. So you have this um, big amalgamation of different talents playing this league and it's when you mix them all together it's kind of like hard to um, decipher what this league is truly equivalent of in the uh, major league or, or in the states like whether it be double a AA or triple a or quadruple a or major leagues so that's not really a question that i um, actively try to answer to find an equivalent i just kind of took it as it like there's a lot of talents in this league and it's very diverse and uh, the top tier is very good. Top uh, bottom tier is might not be, it's probably not as, it's probably not very good. I'll yeah, that, but way. I think that's a great way to explain it. And obviously, honestly, it's one of the better ways that I've heard it explained because it's, everyone wants to lump the league together and say, this is how it is. But it makes a whole lot of sense where like, for instance, I'm uh, later tonight, I'm talking to Casey Kelly who played over there. 
had a very good. Oh, meeting. really? Yeah. Casey's is great. I I love talking to him. So tell him I say hi. I will. And he and and obviously he had a great year last year. And and a lot of AUC Limbloom who went from uh, who got a very good contract with the Brewers. Uh, mm -hmm. It is there are examples of guys who you say, all right, that's that's a major league player. But I get it. I mean, I get the what you're talking about how the bottom half of the roster or bottom part of the roster uh, might be a little thinned out. So that's a great way to, to explain it. I, it's, um, so I want to I get into um, a little bit about the climate there now. Uh, yeah. you've, so you've been in obviously South Korea uh, for a few months or back there full time for a while now. Take me through the last month or so, if you could, because obviously with the coronavirus, that's the first, the first country, one of the first countries we heard about, especially when it comes to athletics. Take me through what sort of life has been like from the perspective of the baseball team going back to when the coronavirus first surfaced. Well, um, I think it was around late February when things started to get a little nuts around here um when there were i mean when they were starting to report that there were a lot more people getting infected by the virus um that's when i i mean that's i had this intuition i i felt that yeah this yeah we're not gonna start on time this season and then um yeah they ended up delaying they ended up canceling all the spring tra scheduled spring training games and they um put the uh, opening day as an indefinite thing and to be honest, like working, I mean, I, I was thankful that our team was in um, Adelaide, Australia to avoid what was going on. And they were able to train as they wanted to um, all the way in Australia. And so when, when was that? You said it was in February? Uh, late February was when things started to get nuts. And that's okay. also when um, our team uh, flew to Australia for the training. Okay. And... Uh, we and uh, the league obviously like i was hearing stuff like the league is discussing what they would do regarding the uh, spring training games and the uh pu possibly pushing pushing back the opening day and um this i mean it, it's kind of tricky because um they have 144 games scheduled from uh, march 28th and they were they're also going to take a break in between because uh because the Olympics, because Korea is, they're going to play in Olympics, and I think um, they are. They, they were going to uh, postpone. They're they're going to go into like a three week break during the Olympics. So, um, not only um, that kind of like throws the wrench, and like if it weren't for the Olympics, like you know maybe they would have uh, maybe they would have been able to schedule everything uh, more freely, but because the Olympics like we might be looking at a possibility of uh, playing the playing the uh, playoffs and career series in like middle or late October, or, uh, middle or late November, or even December maybe, depends on how things go. Oh, wow. So, um, but when it comes to how the nation uh, took care of the situation, um, obviously you, you probably heard all about it. They did it pretty well. Um, they, were, they made the testing available for everyone. And yeah, um, and sorry, that, I'm trying to think. No, no, and um, that and that just to go go through that a little bit. Um, so mm -hmm. 
because obviously we're going through it right now. But the, mm-hmm. it was – and South Korea has been praised quite a bit for how they handled it from, from – even though you were in Australia and training from your perspective of living there and, and knowing, obviously, a lot of people who were living there, it was, okay, in February, this thing is happening. We got the test ready to go. Um, mm-hmm. We also was there was there sort of um, everyone stay in their house, um, yeah. don't go to work, that sort of thing. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I mean, I was so I was staying in Busan, and uh, there were like there was like a two week period where we were kind of we were working from home, just 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 as a precautionary, very reasonable precautionary measure, and it's not just us; like a lot of the workplaces in Korea ordered their employees to work from home for the time being and i think that was like a part of the mass 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 measure that kind of helped the uh flatten the curve uh, of the coronavirus if you may um at the same time um um there have been instances like there have been instances where uh, team like a different team um they had an employee or a contractor suspicious of getting infected of coronavirus. So uh, they sent everyone home, they tested everyone in the team, and turns out that they were all negative. So they went back to workouts, all that kind of stuff. So every team has been taking it day by day, news by news on what, on what kind of actions they, were, they had to take. And you know what, and I'm, I'm pretty proud of how everyone handled the situation so far. But was, uh, and, and rightfully so, has there been any player or employee from the KBO who tested positive at all that you know of? No, not that I know of. Um, I don't think we've had any player in the league test positive. Like, I mean, there was a news like a week or two ago that a heroes, like a Kiyom Heroes player was feeling some fever. And they were, while they were getting him tested, uh, they suspended all the workouts for the time being on all the kind of stuff. But once they saw once they found out that he tested negative for the coronavirus, they all went back to workouts and everything was back as usual. And that's why, obviously, that's why you can, because you have everyone tested and you know this is the case, you're able, everybody, you were able to get back into practicing for baseball, playing, playing these, these uh, inter-squad scrimmages that we're talking about, getting ready for the spring training, because you guys know that there wasn't, you, everybody on that field had been tested, correct? Am I right in that? Yes, sir. That's that's the measure. I, I believe the league sent out the like a like a guideline for measures on what to do if this happens. If someone tests positive, do this. Uh, if someone uh, and do this, do that. That kind of stuff. So, um, that I believe I believe every team has been uh, following that measure so far pretty well. And so now we see, and like to say, joyfully we see baseball being played, and this is why I am now the biggest fan of KBO of. In, in the history of Massachusetts, um, but uh, that you see baseball being played, and it, what is the plan in terms of we see these games and there's nobody in the crowd? Are they when they start the season? Is the plan not to have a crowd, or do they know yet? We don't know yet. Um, I believe they're still discussing like when they want to start the league. Um, they have told us that they're going to give us two weeks' notice. So um, um, when whenever they're gonna announce it, I guess we'll know, and I guess I guess we'll know soon. And um, 
we um <clears throat> I'm not really privy to this information on how um they're going to like have the crowd sure. stuff because <clears throat> because obviously um the attendance and the audience is like a big um source of income for the league and I think having no crowd will be one of the very um <clears throat> uh, last resorts. Yeah. Um they would go to if they really have to play the games. But um once they announce it, um, we'll know at this moment. I all, all, only thing that I know so far is that um, the opening day is quite indefinite right now, and they are hoping for uh, mid-April. Which, um, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, not really my employers or anything like that. My opinion, they might be optimistic, but if it happens in mid-April, I'll be very happy because I really would like to see a meaningful baseball game as soon as possible. Well, that that leads to me to my last question, Song. Is is basically. You know, I talk about the joy that I see, I have when I see the baseball being played in South Korea, and and really, I would imagine there it's it's the same feeling. Like you, people need this. People need with all the things that are going on right now in this world. It's nice to have the distraction of baseball, of sports. And is there that is there that feeling there after what you went through um, in terms of having to work from from home and being in the home and, and going through the tests and all of it. Is there that feeling right now that like, Oh man, if we just get baseball, it'll make everybody feel so much better. Oh yeah, for sure. I feel, I think everyone is, uh, everyone, everyone is feeling the same way. Um, you know, I mean, I've been going, I mean, for my job, I've been going to our, um, second, our minor league team practices. I've been, I've attended our um, first team, major league team practices and, I mean, honestly, every time I see baseball going on, whether it be practice or scrimmage, it's always a really, it's always a really good thing. And um, the amount of, I mean, I, sometimes I'll post photos that I, I talk, I post photos that I take take with my phone on social media, and I just look at um people's reactions to it, and I just wish that um <laughs> I just I just wish that like the like baseball is here, like I the, these people are really thirsty for it, so um. Yeah. Um, well, keep doing think, it. Keep doing it, yeah. please. I mean, I beg you, if you do not, please keep doing it because I am living vicariously through you. So yeah, in your and, videos. And I'll say this: um, I know that the league is league was taking bids uh, for the overseas broadcasting rights. Um, I think they, and I think I think they I think at this point they should know who's the winner. And I don't know when they're gonna announce it, but um. Um, they're they were bidding for the uh, overseas broadcasting rights from the uh, 2020 to uh, 2023 seasons. So um, once that gets figured out, I think people will have a people will be able to figure out how to watch uh, the KBO games um, from overseas. So that's a, that's a good news, and hopefully we'll know more about that as soon as possible. Oh, as well. that would be great. I want to throw my hat in the ring to to announce one of those games, even though nobody will know what I'm talking about, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. And I won't, I, I won't know exactly who's playing, but that's okay too. My, that's my goal son is by the time next week ends, I want to know every player on every roster. That's small goals. That's one of my goals. I mean, I mean I'm sure there are like, there, I'm sure there are like former Red Sox playing in this league as well. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to think. I mean, uh, uh, William Cuevas is... Oh, yeah. Uh, that's right. That's right. Uh, William Cuevas and also a former Red Sox farmhand, uh, Raul Alcantara. 
Yep. Oh, yep. Alcantara plays for the Dusan Bears and Cuevas plays for the uh, KT Wiz. And I'm sure. I mean, I, I just woke. I mean, I just woke up like 30 minutes ago. I just, I just need to. No, like, no, you, you. That's that's good. I mean, like I said, please keep posting things. Please, please, please keep us updated. And uh, and uh, and you are you are always welcome back on this podcast. You are our lifeline to baseball right now, Sung. I really appreciate it. Well, I don't. I, I don't think that's. I don't think that's a phrase that I ever expected <laughs> someone to tell me in my life. <laughs> But you know, this weird situations call for weird measures. That's what's going on right now. All right. Well, I, I really appreciate it. Uh... Keep your car looking its absolute best year round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nano spray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy to use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Tired of companies like Google and Facebook watching everything you do online? There's actually a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more, all for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with the push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Now you can enjoy MLB Play, the one app with all your favorite free MLB games. Enjoy Beat the Street, Quick Pick, and more. Enjoy competing against friends. Enjoy unlocking exclusive rewards. Plus, your chance to win $5.6 million. Download MLB Play. Enjoy the app. Enjoy the show. MLB Play. No purchase necessary. Must be 21 or older to enter Beat the Streak, which ends at the conclusion of the MLB regular season or when the grand prize is won. Restrictions apply. See MLB.com forward slash play for official rules.